you, thank you. Love you, Olu. Uh, thank you so much for that kind words. And how's everybody doing? Great. Great to see you. You guys are full of life and energy. Hey, to everybody who is online, so happy that you're with us today. Church family, I can't wait for these next 10 minutes. I believe that God's going to move in this place. First, before anything, I wanted to honor our pastors, Earl and Onika McClellan. And today, the way I'm going to honor them is I'm going to tell you my favorite characteristic about both of them, okay? So about Earl, you see people and you draw out and you see the good in every single person. I've never seen anyone do it quite like that. You see the leadership, the gold, the, the everything they have on the inside, and somehow you pull it on the outside, and it's yes. something beautiful. Pastor Onika, you absolutely have marked this church house and my life and Whitney's life with your extravagant generosity. We're so incredibly grateful for your generous heart. You have marked this house, so we're so grateful for our incredible pastors. Today, we're going to jump in, and we have been talking about the 12 stones, and we're going to keep talking about the 12 stones. Pastor Andrew did an amazing job last week about joy and thanks. That's what we do, right? And I believe that God is going to move in this moment, in this time, as we continue to talk, and today we're going to talk about we walk in humility. We walk in humility, but I think it's so important that we're talking about the foundations of what we're built on, the 12 stones, and who we are as a church, because in this season, how many of you have had some fractured foundations, some moments in your foundation that have felt a little rocky and a little bit shaky, and I believe that it has been a season like that, Um, but this question I want to ask you is this, are you building your life on a soapbox or on a foundation? Are you building your life on a soapbox or on a foundation? Because a soapbox crumbles, but a a foundation withstands the test of time. A soapbox is about your opinion, but a foundation is based in truth. A soapbox glorifies your name while a foundation glorifies his name. A soapbox gives you a voice, but a foundation gives priority to the voice of God. A soapbox is easy, it's quick to build, it's fast, it's easy, but a foundation takes some time, it takes some commitment, it takes some effort. A soapbox is something simple, like a practical standpoint. A soapbox is something simple, like an opinion. Uh, Something simple, like a platform. But a building a strong foundation, that's called surrender. And I believe that building a firm foundation takes humility. And so in humility, we together are going to build a foundation. What a beautiful thing that we have 12 stones to build off of. Turn with me to 2 Kings verse two, chapter 2, verse 9. It says this, when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, this is one of my favorite stories, I love Elijah, I love Elisha, Elisha had been his disciple, kind of walking alongside of him, how can I grow and learn and move like, like you do, Elijah? And so he says this, tell me what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will be not. It will not be yours. And so what I was praying through is this word double portion. And as I was studying this word, you actually have to go back in the Old Testament to understand why this word was important. And this word actually was not that uncommon in this season, in this time frame. Double portion was used a lot, but every other time it was used, it was used within the context of uh, an inheritance or some sort of land or some sort of gold or something that could be given to you by a human. Um, but in this moment, he asked for a double portion of his spirit. A double portion of his, of his spirit. And so why is this particular request something that's difficult? A double portion of, something spirit, of someone's spirit is di- a difficult thing to ask because it is something that cannot be given by human hands. It's something that, can, that Elijah could not answer the response to Elisha's request. God had to do it. 
And so he said, you ask a difficult thing, we'll see, right? We'll see if God responds to your request. If you see me in the clouds, yes, God is responding. And I think too many of us are asking for a double portion of man-made things. We're asking for a double portion of things that we can understand in our own mindset. A double portion of things that we actually get and can wrap our mind around. Something that's kind of like, I can see that happening, and so I'm going to go ahead and ask for it. But what Elisha is calling us to here is saying, hey, you've got to ask for the unseen. You have to ask for something that you've never seen before. And I was convicted these last few weeks that I've not been asking God for difficult things. That I've not been asking God for dangerous things, for things that actually push me beyond the limit. Because really, by the very definition of faith, it's not faith if we're asking God for something that we can already see. (laughs) Faith is is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen, right? The invisible is faith. So some, we we think that we sometimes, I think the reason why we don't ask, I think the reason why we don't ask for big things is because we are subconsciously maybe too convinced that we, in and of ourselves, can handle it. We're too convinced that we in and of ourselves can have a strong marriage. Too convinced that in and of ourselves we can actually have a business that thrives and has a culture that looks like heaven. In and of ourselves we can create this leadership that actually impacts future generation leaders. And I think what God is saying in this moment is saying, hey, I need you to understand that in humility you need to ask me for something that you cannot see in your own human perspective. Some say that Elisha's big request was prideful. Some say that, man, what a bold response. What a bold question. Maybe that was pride in him. Maybe he thought a little too highly of himself, but I say it was humility that drove Elisha to ask this from Elijah. Because humility, humility is what it takes to realize that what you're asking God for and the calling God has called you to is so far beyond you and it's so far beyond your talents and it's so far behind beyond your abilities that you have to ask for something that's unseen in order to accomplish the goal, the vision, the calling that God has for you. So picture this, Elijah was the greatest example of a life lived in love with Jesus that Elisha had ever seen. The greatest example of someone following the Holy Spirit. The greatest example of someone that is actually living in an anointed way and ministering the gospel and touching people's lives. And Elisha sees this and he says, I don't just want that. I want something unseen. I want something that I've never seen before. I've seen it in you, Elijah. I love it and I want more of this. <laughs> and he, he, it's, it's literally, picture this, it's, it's a life full of the Holy Spirit. So he's asking him for a double portion, something that he has never seen. And this is truly faith born out of humility. I think it's a faith that rose up in Elisha that was born out of a humility that caused him to believe he could not handle his calling on his own. He could not handle his future on his own. So here's the question. Are we humble enough to admit that we need something bigger than we've ever seen in another? That we need something bigger than we've ever seen in this world. In another church, in another human, in another pastor, in another friend. We need something bigger than we've ever experienced before. We talked in Philippians 2 this last week, verse 8, and I love this. It says, and being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus was humility. This was who he was. Obedience to death, even death on a cross. Humility equals obedience. Humility is obedience. In obedience, what is obedience? It's fulfilling a call. It's fulfilling a need. Not just the need you want to fulfill, but the need God has called you to fulfill. 
Sometimes we have our own desire of like what need we want to fill. But God is saying, hey, I need you in this moment to be obedient and act on this need that I'm calling you to. I think about Jesus and all the miracles Jesus performed, and maybe turning water into wine was his favorite miracle. I don't know. And he was like, that's the People's Choice Award. That's the one I want to do. I'm going to do that one every time. It's my favorite one. But Jesus knew that when blind Bartimaeus was here, he didn't need wine. He needed sight. <laughs> Jesus knew that when he healed the, 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 the man begging at the gate called Beautiful, he didn't need wine. He needed to walk, right? And so Jesus knew the need, and I believe that obedience in humility is us saying, God, what is the need? Not the one I want to meet, not the one that the people like, but the one that you have called me to. And I'm going to meet that need in humility. In humility. So what is the need today? I'm believing with all my heart this word has been just circling in my heart for, all, for, for the, this whole year, since January, this word that God is raising up generals in his kingdom. And I believe there's a need for a new generation of generals in the kingdom of heaven, a new generation of leaders in the kingdom of heaven that, that do not, that, that do not uh, shy back from the calling that God has for them, but actually ask for a double portion of something they've never seen before. And so this is what I'm praying over us because there has been troops on the ground for a long time, but I believe that God is calling in reinforcements. I believe he's calling you and me to say this generation has to take a step in the direction of the kingdom of heaven. And I'm going to lead the charge. You're going to lead the charge. We're going to say yes. You online, whether you're watching today or whether you're hearing this next week, we are called to take a step into being a general in the kingdom of heaven. And what does that look like? Because for years, for since Abraham, there's been troops on the ground, right? Troops on the ground. Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And then you look at the lineage of Jesus and King David. What a beautiful generation after generation of people saying, hey, I'll be in the front lines. I'm in the troops of the kingdom of heaven. And then you go fast forward to Jesus' life, and after the life of Jesus, you see Peter and James and John, and you think of Paul and Silas and Timothy and these heroes of the faith that you're looking at. But then fast forward a little further when the church of Christ was built in the church of Philippi, and after the church of Philippi, we've been talking about Philippians and the letters of Paul to all these different churches and then fast forward even further and the church went through some rocky times but then there's a man named William Tyndale that actually translated the Bible into English the New Testament into English this man was a hero of the faith Martin Luther we have John Calvin we have John Knox and more recently maybe you have Billy Graham maybe you have um, maybe you have T.D. Jakes maybe you have Priscilla Schreier and and and, and Christine Kane and Pastor Zerl and Onika and generals in the kingdom of heaven and God is calling in reinforcement and I believe he's calling us to pray prayers that we've never prayed before. I believe he's calling us to, in humility, understand that what it takes to be a general in the kingdom of heaven is obedience that stems from humility, that stems from a request that is absolutely beyond you and anything you can understand. So this has been my prayer over the last few months. My prayer has been, God, give me the humility of Moses. Did you know the Bible says that at Mo the time of Moses' life, he was the most humble man to ever walk the face of the earth? God, give me the humility of Moses. My prayer has been, God, give me the faith of Abraham. As Abraham carried Isaac up to the hill. God, give me the faith of Abraham. God, give me the Holy Spirit power of Elisha. God, give me the heart of David as he writes the Psalms. God, give me the wisdom of Solomon as he affects millions with his decisions. God, give me the courage of Peter as he faces being a martyr. God, give me the grace and determination and conviction of Paul as he becomes one of the greatest apostles of all times. And so, church family, this is my prayer for you. 
that we step into a courage and a boldness in our asks, in our faith, in our belief, in our humility, to walk in obedience no matter the need, no matter the calling that he's called you to, no matter what team you serve on, no matter what business you lead, that we step into a courage and a faith that we move forward in this. So I'm gonna pray over you, church family. God, I just ask for an, a supernatural boldness, courage, faith, and hope over this church family. God, we declare it in Jesus' name that we're gonna step into the courage that only you can bring, Father God. We're gonna ask prayers, Father God, that we have never dreamt of before because to be a church in the world, to be a church that the world has absolutely never seen before, we are going to need to ask prayers that we have never asked before. And we're gonna need to have a faith that we've never had before. And we're gonna need to walk in a humility, God, that we've never walked in before. And so, God, today we surrender. And God, we choose surrender above anything else, Father God, because we choose to be generals in your kingdom, not for our name, not for any other name, but to glorify the name of Jesus Christ, our Father and our Savior, our Lord and our King, and to say, God, you alone are worthy. God, you alone are worthy. God, we choose you. We choose you, Father God. We choose to walk in humility. We choose to ask big prayers that we've never asked before. And God, we choose to see the miracle on the other side of this commitment and this faith, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Love you so much, church family.